What up everyone? Henry here. Today's guest is Yuan from Inu. Shared electric light vehicles based in Switzerland, but Yuan will explain it better. Uh, we are a micro mobility company and we offer a light electric vehicle insuring service uh, through a smartphone app. So basically you can rent uh, a vehicle per minute um, through an app and it's pretty much like all the what the, uh, the others are doing like the scooters company or the, the bike sharing companies are doing it's pretty much the same uh, system uh, the difference is that we use um, these light electric vehicles and they are very very uh, specific because uh, you, you don't see them often in Europe uh, the, we are the only one in Switzerland we are the only one in Europe I mean there's another company in, in, in Netherlands called Get Leave, uh, LEV which are offering the same kind of vehicles. Um, but basically the vehicle is the perfect combination between e-bikes and conventional cars, uh, because you take advantages from, from those two uh, products in, uh, in one product, which is this light electric vehicle. Um, those, what, that's what we are doing uh, at the moment. And we are present in, in three markets in Switzerland, so three cities, um, Zurich, Basel and, and Bill, a smaller town. And um, soon we will expand to uh, other countries, especially Germany, and, and also continue to expansion in Switzerland. Yeah, it's really great to fill in that gap. And you had an, another kind of business model at the start, didn't you? With like a more advertising. Yeah, one one part of our business is uh, to to make advertising on the space on the vehicle. Uh, we are doing that in in some cities, and it helps us to. Uh, get um, I mean to achieve a better revenue and also to offer a competitive price to uh, final users we are in an expansion mode but uh, with the COVID it's uh, it's pretty difficult at the moment and uh, also we are in the in a financing round so you need to you need to have those two things done so COVID and the financing uh, the financing round down and then uh, I think we will be really ready to to proper uh, expand this, the service because you studied uh, a lot of engineering. So does it mean like b back in the childhood, uh, did you work a lot with the cars or like you had passion for entrepreneurship back in the day? Uh, I, I didn't have passion for entrepreneurship. I didn't know what it, what it was. I mean, my parents are not entrepreneur at all. So I was not in, a, in a, an environment uh, of uh, entrepreneurs, uh, but I had a passion for mechanic. And then I, I went further in the studies. I, I studied engineering, automotive engineering, uh, and then I went to Germany. I uh, also did two internships. One is Mercedes-Benz, and and I was like, okay, that's that's really cool. But um, then I realized that maybe I didn't want to be an engineer because you're only, you know, a small part of the business, and you only do really tiny things in the business, and you don't really see the effects of what you're doing. And at that time, I think my associate was also in a, in a stay, uh, in an internship in Germany. And he, he, he talked about this uh, Formula Student uh, Things uh, event competition and we thought, okay, um, you know, we still have uh, one year studying engineering uh, when we're back to Switzerland, so we should like uh, make uh, this uh, racing team. And uh, yeah, we decided to, to make this uh, racing team while we were doing our internship in Germany. And, and then we, we, we asked other people to join us and, and, and then we started to raise capital. I mean, get money from for, for this non-profit organization and and then I discovered uh, the entrepreneur world uh, at that time really and I understood at that time that what I wanted to be is to be an entrepreneur and to, to make my own company and and I think 
Then I, I went to the UK. That's another chapter in my life. But I did the master in engineering management, and then it reinforced me. Uh, I mean, my mindset. And, and, I mean, and I think the British mindset is uh, is completely different to the Swiss mindset or German mindset. And uh, at that stage, I was like, okay, when I'm back to Switzerland, I, I just told my my associate, yeah, we should do something for profit, and he said the same, and and then we started new, basically. And why did you start with the electric vehicles? I I, I like, I mean, I do have a two-stroke motorbike. Um, I like also like uh, old cars, um, collectors, but you know, it's all the past. And uh, when I was working at Mercedes-Benz, I was working in, in the diesel engine. So really, the you know, it was before the diesel crisis. It was in 2014. And um, I think with my associate, we realized that uh, it, it wouldn't be the future. And we also saw at that time that there was some bike sharing company uh, coming into the street. And we thought, okay, we were, we were engineers. We, we thought, okay, bike is cool, but you know, it's cool when it's sunny and when you don't have to go to work and you don't want to sweat, but maybe like in, in, in countries like Germany, Switzerland, or even Netherlands, where it's raining and when it's cold in winter, it's better to have something like where, we are, where, where you are protected, where you could put your luggage. And we thought about this small vehicle. At the beginning, we wanted to produce a vehicle on our own and, and you know build the vehicle really. And then there, there was all this sharing system through, uh, through apps, and we were like, okay, that's something new for us because we were more like mechanical engineer and not really in the tech, not really in IT. And then we thought, we thought okay, but we need to combine, you know, we make this, we need to make this app and that the people can rent the vehicle and and providing a sharing service is, is it's, it's clever. It's better. I mean, it's way better than just selling cars. And, and then after two years, you need to change your car. So we thought, okay, let's take the best of everything, you know, make an app, uh, offer them insuring small vehicle and let's try to convince people that it's it's just better than bikes in winter for example and, and that's what it's happening in switzerland so and how did the first days go because you got the seed funding of like 150,000, but i think it was a bit later than that the first year and a half i think we had to work both part-time mm -hmm. uh, and we basically we use all our our like wealth to uh, to start the business where it was not a lot of money i, I think uh, and after a couple of months i don't know we were lucky enough to uh, get you know attention from um, this energy uh, company i mean energy provider in in the in the region where we were based in switzerland so it was a grant of i think 100k um, so a lot of money and and thanks to that we were able to uh, order vehicles and to launch the service and in the city called Bill. And, and after a few months running in Bill, so it was in November 2018 when we started in Bill, uh, we were we were lucky enough to convince enough, let's say, venture capitalists and investors to to make this first. We call it a pre-series A round or a seed round, um, and that we raised 1.4 million. But it's important at the beginning to to get as much as you can so that you can really provide uh, the best service you can. How did you even find it? Did you start like texting people on LinkedIn or? Honestly, I can tell you we wrote to 300 VCs, 300. In general, we had between five and 10%, uh, let's say uh, conversion rate, no, <laughs> response rate. So it means that the VC were interested and they were starting to chat with us and making calls. So yeah, we had maybe 30, 30 good calls, honestly. Uh, 
30 good follow-ups after the calls um, but it never it never I mean it never went anywhere and um, we started also to go to a startups event in Europe uh, and especially the, there are like a few very good startups event one is in was in Amsterdam by the way um, and I, I met a lot of VC in Amsterdam thanks to this event but it was not the successful one. The successful one was really NOAH. It's called NOAH, N-O-A-H. Um, they have two events, uh, normally one in Berlin and one in London. And we went, um, we went uh, the one in, in London, in Berlin. And I think in, yeah, it was when it was in 2018, summer 2018, there was this uh, edition in Berlin. And I got the chance to pitch on the, on the stage. And I think the video is on YouTube. Um, so it's one of the videos which is on YouTube where you can see wow. me pitching on, on, on the stage. And actually, thanks to this pitch, um, there were like a few VCs. Um, and at first I was really disappointed because nobody went see me after the pitch. And there was, there, there was just a few guys like interested about internships, but no one came and talked to me, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice company, let's, uh, we are interested. But then after a few weeks, I got some, uh, some mails from VC, we looked at your business and uh, we saw you on the, on, on the stage and, and that's very interesting. And I was like, why did you tell me like when I was in Berlin, we could have talked? And they said, no, but we wanted to check the, the business first. So we, we never do that. We never go and talk straightforward. And uh, one of the VC was, uh, Vast Ventures, uh, so the lead investor of the, the pre-series A, and uh, they said, okay, um, they, they had a smaller fund, so they said, no, we, we cannot go for this capital, but we still want to lead around. Uh, we wanted to raise four or five million, I think, at the very beginning. I think we were pretty idealistic about uh, the way, uh, the amount we wanted to raise. And they said, no, it's, it's too much for us. And I said, okay, let's start in build. Let's, start, let's launch the, the service in build first, and, and then we will show you the KPIs. And um, yeah, after, after a few months in build, they were, they were always hesitating. And at some point we said, okay, we, I mean, they came once in build, they test the service, you know, they test the vehicles. Uh, and but they, this, they were really skeptical about a few things. You know, it's it's always the case when you when you're yeah, early start, early stage startup. And then we we had to go to Madrid to the headquarters to convince them to invest. Um, and so when we went to Madrid, uh, we spent four hours in the in the office of the managing director, uh, which is uh, with uh, Martin Vazeski, the Sri entrepreneur, the, the MD of this fund. And after that, he said, "Okay, I will invest." Uh, yeah, one million, which is which was one million, I think, at the stage. And um, yeah, we closed the deal like that. So it was really, um, it was not straightforward. Uh, there were there was a lot of hesitation, and then at the end we had to convince and we had to go and convince them to invest. And for the other investors, it was also pretty much the same. They knew us from before, um, and they followed us for a long time. And once there was the lead investors, they said, okay, let's jump into the venture. But they, they never jumped before the, the, the lead investors sent the term sheet. Um, so it was more like, you know, when someone is leading the round, then they will follow. It's always like that. And, uh, and then it was quite quickly, we got a few angels. Um, even we got 
I can tell you, we got 50,000 from an angel just by spending one hour call because uh, he heard that uh, his friend or kind of uh, business friends uh, invested and there was this lead investor. So he said, okay, and we had to make only one hour call and we got 50K. And, and for so many months, we struggled to raise capital. And on the other hand, when you have like a lean investor, like suddenly everyone is interested to invest. So uh, we, yeah, we, we, we learned a lot about this uh, investment process. How much did the whole process take to you? Um, I pitched like in, in June, in, in June 2018, mm -hmm. and we got the money on uh, the bank account in September 2019. Yeah. So it took um, more than one year. And, and it was especially long because uh, when we, we got the term sheet in May 2019 and we got the money only end of September 2019 and there was the due diligence process was quite short. Mm -hmm. They were not that, it was not that difficult because we were well prepared. But then the, the terms and the shareholder agreements, it took like ages. Mm -hmm. It was just crazy because the term sheet was not really precise. Mm -hmm. And so there were a number of terms that, that was not that was not discussed in the term sheet. And then once we arrived to, uh, to the shareholders agreement, then everyone was complaining about the terms and uh, some some investor, uh, they don't give a shit about the terms. You have the full control of your company. Um, what they want is you to succeed and and they, they take some equity. Um, but other VCs are like looking to every terms, like control of the company and stuff like that. It's, and then, that, then it starts to be very, very difficult then it's a lot of bargaining and negotiations. Um, so you, you, you waste a lot of time. Since that was also time consuming in a way, uh, what, what, what was happening with the operations? Did your co-founder take a... Uh, yeah, I was responsible for the fundraising and he was taking uh, of the, the operations. Taking the head role, um, how did the whole process of the, like getting the company culture and expanding the team, how did that process go with the people? Well, the people are the most important thing in your company. Uh, so the product is not, in the end, yeah, it's important because you're, I mean, you're offering a product, but, but once you have your product, you have a kind of product to market fit, um, and then you demonstrated it, uh, you need to have a really good team to execute uh, the tasks. And uh, at the beginning, we were doing everything on our own. So my associate and myself, so the operation, you know, the hotline, uh, repairing the vehicles, changing the batteries, uh, we pretty much we did everything for six months and uh, it was really uh, difficult because you cannot really focus on other important stuff you cannot focus on the strategy stuff and you're just doing like daily operations and it's not where you're supposed to be uh, so you can do that for a few months so that you really understand your service your company your product but then you need to find people to work and doing that and doing that well like you as an entrepreneur, you you're probably good, but you're you're not a professional of hotline or stuff like that of after sales, and um, so it was difficult because at the beginning you don't have money, so you you have to do everything on your own. But as soon as you raise capital and you prove that you you can expand your service, you can grow, and you raise capital, uh, most of the time the investor they want you to use the capital to buy new vehicles, for example, in our case. Mm -hmm. but not to expand your, your team and that's I think it's a wrong mindset we always told them that it's just not you know you don't uh, buy uh, 200 vehicles and you just put vehicles on the street you need people to operate these vehicles 
And so what is important when you, once you raise capital is to hire really key employees so that they will really manage daily business, so daily operations, uh, all the engineering, all the marketing. And so afterwards, you can really focus on the strategy aspects, fundraising aspects, uh, partners, re partners relationships, and the other people, um, I mean, the, your employees, or let's say the, the key people, they need to have ownership of their department. So they really need to, you know, you need to give them a budget, uh, objectives, and then there's benchmarks so that they can compare themselves with benchmarks. And then you, you need to let them do the things. And you, you just check the KPIs, so the key performance indicators, uh, if they're struggling. But you, you cannot be behind them every time. And I mean, micromanagement, I think it's the word words to, to call this. It doesn't really work in a, in a high growth startups. Um, you don't have time to do everything. You, you cannot check everyone's job. So you just tell them, okay, that's your department. Uh, now you operate, the, you make the operations, you have some KPIs and, and just do it. And that's what we, we saw in other companies like Uber. They were doing the same. So, uh, and it worked pretty, pretty well. And now we have more time for more, uh, let's say, strategy things or expansion. Do you then model yourself uh, after some foreign person then? Yeah, I, I think I'm more like a Travis Kalanick uh, Uber person. So I, I like to spend time, you know, uh, you know, thinking about the business and thinking about the strategy and then finding the right person to do the job. Uh, and I don't want to do the job for everyone. That's, mm -hmm. Some people are like trying to take control from everything and, 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 and saying orders to everyone. I'm not like that. And I think my co-founder is as well not like that. Um, he's more responsible for the human resource marketing stuff. And I'm more responsible for the finance and strategy and also a little bit about the engineering stuff. Um, but all in all, we don't have a CEO, CEO or COO culture. So we have the same level both. And that's why we call them, we call uh, ourselves uh, managing partners. Mm -hmm. And so I can have some marketing project or you can have also some finance project, but usually it's natural the way we function it. So, so I'm more into uh, finance and he's more uh, into uh, marketing. But, uh, what are your like three best uh, books you would recommend? I don't remember exactly the, the title, but there's Zero to One from Peter Thiel. Yeah. Um, this one I just remember, it's it's pretty good. Uh, Blitzscaling, it's very good. Uh, although I think you don't need to read the, the full book, Blitzscaling. And then there's one very good, it's uh, yeah, Lean Startup is very good. Uh, if, if there was only one book I would recommend for for a beginner or for someone who just have a uh, like a few months or he wants to become an entrepreneur, Lean Startup is really good. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm following a little bit the Lean Startup strategy or method. Um, it's very good because yeah, testing and trying and testing and trying and, and trying and, and, and 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 all the the cycle, let's say they call it a, a testing cycle. Uh, pretty much, it, it was. I mean, it was a really interesting book, and um, it helped us. It can help you a lot because basically, you, especially the first year, I didn't read any book about startups, and I think we waste a lot of time. And it's when we had no capital and we waste a lot of time. And and I think if we will have asked us uh, the, the right questions and, and maybe follow this process, this 
testing process we would have been much more efficient but it's difficult i mean to say that but afterwards i, I realized that my, my i mean there was like some really good comments and do you also of course spend time on other things for like a few years i, I learned everything about corporate finance uh, um, markets the financial markets stuff like that and i think finance can help you a lot for you know when you start a company and i think it's actually it's a key point to understand uh, finance and corporate finance because otherwise you will be lost at some point uh, because it's very very complex and for example we see we see in our business uh, we have a lot of transactions a lot of uh, stakeholders debts capital and stuff like that you need to master corporate finance and uh, i like also reading uh, about management stuff so yeah leadership management uh, it's very important for the rest yeah i like traveling when i can now with covid it's a bit difficult and um, yeah i have a passion for for motorbikes as well let's say i'm i'm also a rider so motorbike rider and i like sports uh, and I do like skiing. Then last but not least, then, uh, as a recommendation to the people who would like to do the same path that like, like you did become an entrepreneur, what kind of advice you can give and perhaps like maybe like a nice quote as well? I would say you need to know that you have to, to be resilient mm -hmm. um, because you always want to, the things to go faster and, and you don't have time and time is money. So you want to, to be even faster and faster. But uh, after all these years now, I can tell you that resilience is really important. Also, you don't need to uh, overestimate risks. Um, when you start, you're always worried about risk. You said, oh, if I start this business, uh, maybe uh, I, will, I will go bankrupt and then I will not find a job. Uh, people will destroy our vehicles. So there is a tendency of overestimate risks. Uh, and so you don't do the things because you're worried about the risk. And in the end, the risks are not that high. When you see a risk, you, you should yeah, take into consideration this risk, but not overestimate it and just launch the things, do the things and not think too much. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to like, comment, follow and share. More content coming. Stay safe, then we out.